0: Chapter 4, and we're going to look at verses 29 and 30. We have shared the old angry liar. We've talked about the old thief. And tonight we're going to share the old filthy talk. Remember the first three chapters of Ephesians... We're talking about doctrine and we were learning doctrine and now we're learning our duty. And in this one specific place, we're putting off the old man and putting on the new man. That is our duty. We can't do that on our own, but in Christ and with his divine assistance, we can. Verse twenty nine. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. There is a story told. A few different ways. But of a Jewish rabbi. Who it was said that he sent his servants. To the market. To get him some good food. And he came back. And he prepared a tongue. For the rabbi. And he said. He looked at it and said well in that case. Go to the market and get me some bad food. And the servant did as he was told. And he went and he came back. And he prepared a tongue again. And the Jewish rabbi says. I I sent you with two distinctly different orders. And you came back with the same thing twice. And the servant said. That's because. Because. The tongue is very good and and it can do some good things. And the tongue is very bad and it can do some bad things. When the tongue is good, there's nothing better. When the tongue is bad, there's nothing worse. Corrupt communication it speaks of here that we're to put off that means poor it means bad it means unfit it means useless it the word rotten comes into the definition as it would pertain to our speech i'll just put that in the group of idle words we'll start out and we'll just we'll just start talking about this by way of idle words let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. I got to the job one morning years ago and uh, ran into a guy about the same time that I work with and we were going out in the city for the day but as we met there for about 45 seconds I could tell he was having a very bad morning. I heard more cuss words in 45 seconds than I had heard in a couple of months and then he ends it with Hey, how's it going, Kenneth? And I knew him very well, so and he knew me well. And so I just walked out the door, and I didn't say a word to him. And we went about our day in the separate ends of the city, and we come back in the afternoon. And I guess I had a memory lapse, and I had forgotten about the morning for a moment. And I said, hey, what's going on? And he said, oh, you want to talk to me now? And I said, oh, about that, I was just having a hard time digesting that breakfast that you verbally served me in the room before we left. And and he laughed and apologized and everything. But, you know, and, and, and so this is the verse I would go to for him. And, and especially when I was a, a a young Christian just learning the word because... I thought that that's probably all this pertained to. I looked and I read, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Well, that's talking about cussing is what I summed it up as. And that's included in it. But when we think of the use of the tongue and what could be categorized as corrupt communication, it's that and it's a whole lot more. As we're putting off the old man and putting on the new man. And these detailed things are mentioned. You have lying. You have anger. And you have thieving. And this corrupt communication is in the group with these things that have been mentioned. So what we obviously see here is that it's very serious. The words we use. And what comes out of our mouth. Noise pollution is what I called it. I, I, I walked by a car one night and uh, there was some music playing and the lyrics were very loud and clear and they weren't very good. And I was I wanted to tell somebody, turn that noise pollution down. We, we don't we don't hear a lot about verbal pollution. I remember going on a field trip when I was a kid and growing up in Glenna Park, you're by all those refineries and, and plants. And so I got a lecture and a teaching on, on what the exhaust and the smoke should look like, what color it is when it's okay and it's legal, and, and how it's vented and what color it is when it's not legal. And, and this teacher was real big on air pollution. But we don't hear so much on the verbal pollution that takes place. Yet it's very important and it's very affecting. We probably don't hear too much about it because we're all so guilty in it. It just so easily happens. You know, Jesus says, but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. That, that's concerning to me. And, and if you say it's not concerning to you, well, that's that old liar that's coming up. It's concerning to all of us because of the words. The words that we can communicate and have communicated, they break hearts, they destroy reputations, they promote discord and strife. They set families against one another. Nations are at war with one another and it starts with words. It can put the church at odds with one another when corrupt communication is taking place. I've never cussed in front of my mama. I can say that my brothers can't. But I can say that it just just the difference in us and our relationships to them. I never did. But but though I never did, I heard from her many, many times, boy, you better watch your mouth. So that tells me that I smarted off, that there was back talk, and and I know that I had some corrupt communication in one way or another that came out of my mouth to my mama. But I'd have to say she's wrong in one way to tell me to watch my mouth. She should have told me to watch my heart. Because what we see here and what we have when we're going to heed God's command and when we're going to put off the old man and put on the new man. This isn't just saying to you and I be cautious with our words. We have to get to the root of the problem. And the problem is the heart from out of the heart proceed all of these things. It's a heart condition that's very serious that we have to get to the root of. It's a heart problem. And it's serious because the words we use, they do a lot of da- they can do a lot of damage to others. Truth be told, it would it would really bother us if we could see all of the effects that some of our poor choice of words have had on someone else we know some of them and we don't know the half of them because of what we have possibly said to someone else or the way we said it controlling the tongue is a serious matter and it can't be done in our own ability There is power in the tongue. It's a flaming fire. It's a sword that we can't get a hold of. And know how to use it on our own. And it takes something that we go back to a lot. That we must see that our dependence must be on. And in. And that is the leadership of the Holy Spirit. In our lives. It takes you and I submitting To the Holy Spirit for the power of this tongue to be able to come under control. We have to be convicted by the Holy Spirit. And when we submit to the Holy Spirit, then we can separate from gossip. Then we can separate from criticism, from profane words Of all kind. From ugly words. From ugly stories. From dirty jokes. From ugly rumors. Only under the Holy Spirit's control. Can we separate. From the use of the mouth. That does so many damaging things. We separate from this use of the mouth. Though. And God. God brings about. A voice and words that are completely opposite. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, old man. But new man, that which is good to the use of edifying. I'm glad God's word not only tells us what's wrong, but he tells us what's right. And we're going to see the results whether we experience those results or not, he's going to tell us what's right. His word is so profitable. It's profitable for doctrine, for teaching us, for reproof, for convicting us, for correction, for getting it right. Amen. And, and so that's what he has for us here. As we go from idle words to inspiring words here in verse 29. That which is good to the use of edifying. That's the words the new man is going to put on. You know, so, so we, can't, we can't justify our speech. Concerning that old man and, the, and, and, and those, those old words, those idle words, you know. We, we try to justify it and we say, well, well it's true, so I said it. Just because something's true doesn't mean we need to say it. It's not necessary that, that it's always said. Something true can be said, but it can be said in the wrong way. And it's going to do damage. Or how about, I'm going to speak my mind. Sorry, I'm just going to do that. That's who I am. Well, you know what? There's, there may be a time to do that. But there's a time not to do that also. And we should never be rude no matter what the case is. The words we say should always be useful words. My mind goes back with teenagers over the last several years. And, and it's like a, a God gives, gave me this discernment with these kids, I, I guess, sometimes. Because sometimes a hand would go up in front of everybody and they'll say, may I ask a question and oh, I'll get this funny feeling. And I, I should say no, but I say go ahead. And I realize afterward, I should have said, is the question necessary? You know, words, words are to be useful and they are to help. Our words are to meet needs, meet needs in a positive way in people's lives. The things we say under the influence of the Holy Spirit, they're going to be in line with the Father, they're going to be in line with the Son, they're going to be in line with the Word of God, and they will be words that will bless. We are meant and empowered, have the ability to use words that will cause happiness in another's life, to help heal sorrow. To detach ourselves and others from despair. To inspire the discouraged. And to cheer the faint hearted. That's what our words are, are to be doing with one another. Cheering the faint hearted. You know it, it never hurts to have cheerleaders in the church. Those are some very important People. I've been in a game before where my team had cheerleaders and the other didn't. And man, I just felt so sorry for them. You know, you sum up cheerleaders in one statement and and what they are to exude. And if they're doing their job right as a cheerleader. Encapsulating them in a few words, it would be we're going to make it. I love it. It doesn't matter what time in the game it is. It doesn't matter what the score is. They are going to keep cheering on with hope. There's going to be some hope until the end, until it's over. And we need cheerleaders in the church. The strong need to encourage and cheer the weak. We never know what one kind word out in the congregation will do for someone else who has come in and they're not showing it, but they are struggling and they have had the hardest day, the hardest week you could ever imagine. And the preacher can preach all night and I'm not making light of any of that. It's it's powerful and it's God called and that's what we do. We teach the word of God, but there's something very special about the one sitting close to you just offering a kind word. Maybe we haven't seen someone in six weeks and God forbid there be a critical word, but just what they need to hear. They need to be encouraged. That's what our words are to do. God's word does the same thing for us. All things work together for them to all And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. That is a very encouraging verse. You can quote it obviously better than I can. And you love that verse. And four verses later says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us All things. God's word encourages. It's very useful. It's very profitable. It is uplifting to you and I. And he makes you and I to be that way. That's the purpose of us having a voice. Is to uplift, to build up the family of God. But that which is good to the use of edifying. That which is good to the use of building up. Our words have a great powerful use. Where they can tear down and it's very powerful when they tear down. It's very powerful when they build up. and That's what we're meant to do. We're called to uplift one another. And to speak appreciative words of one another. It's good to let someone know that. It's good to say it. When you appreciate someone. Uh, we, we doubt why we should do that. And we hesitate so many times. But the, but we should always be doing that. We're called to do that. Every child of God is to do that. Someone online or someone here might be saying. I, I know that's what the word of God says. But that's just not me. It's not my personality. I don't do that. Maybe someone's saying that. And maybe God is Saying back to your heart, not audibly, but in return, that's the problem. And and you need to be changed. And I'm going to change you. And I'm going to give you words that are encouraging to someone else. When you're discouraged, you're going to be able to encourage. That's what I'm going to give you. That's what our voice box is for. There's a word or rhyme that I looked up in a really old book, one of the oldest books I have in my library at home, and, and, it's, uh, and, and it's not very friendly gender-wise, but, but ladies, you're included in this as well, of course. It says, it isn't enough to say in our hearts that we like a man for his ways. It isn't enough that we fill our minds with lots of silent praise. Nor is it enough that we honor a man as our confidence upward mounts. It's going right up to the man and telling him that counts. If a man does a work that you really admire, don't leave a kind word unsaid in fear that to do so might make him vain and cause him to lose his head. But reach out your hand and tell him well done and see how his gratitude swells. It isn't flowers that we stroll on the grave. It's the word to the living that tells. Tell someone why you can. Tell someone now what they are to you and what they are to the Lord. You know what? That encouragement might just keep them keeping on. You never know if they're in despair and and. And they're in the process of possibly losing what they've had that has been so great for you in your life. Call them up and tell them. Our words are powerful. They're very important. Wrong words can just delete so many things we do. In the Lord, in his church. We can be so busy in so many ministries throughout the church maybe. But if we're not able to do it with control of the tongue. Then we're going to do more damage than we are good. Think about the things that cause problems in a church. I wonder what the family feud number one answer would be. Words maybe. Real close. That's how so many things start. May our words be not idle. May they be inspiring. And the effect will be influencing warmth. Let, let's read it all so we don't miss it. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying. Here's the results. That it. May minister grace. Unto the hearers. Anyone. Need some grace tonight. Would anyone like to have some grace. Communicated to their heart. To their life tonight. Wow. There can be no better description. Of our words. Than full of grace. Man. His words. Are full of grace. That sister in Christ. Her words are always so full of grace. I just, I just hate to miss having a word with her. On Sunday mornings. Full of grace. That's what it gives. There's no greater aim for you and I to have in fellowship. Than to have the results of our words. Bring joy, pleasure and delight to someone else. You know, the pews might be more crowded if the strong encouraged the weak. I'm, I'm glad I don't feel like I would suspect this here. But I wonder how many times Christians have gone to the house of God to be encouraged and received a critical comment for their lack of attendance maybe. Maybe. And they just mustered up everything they had in their condition at the moment to get to God's house. Oh, if we could if we could read hearts and read minds, you know what? I I think that would cause us to love more. To speak more highly, to speak more encouraging to someone else. To encourage the weak. When our idle words become inspiring words, they influence warmth. Good words are going to do good. If we don't see it, we can know it and trust it. Good words are going to do good. And they don't have to come to us first. Let us be the initiators of it to someone else. They're going to influence warmth. And we're not going to have an interrupted walk. Verse 30. We could break these down. So many different ways. But let's go to verse 30. And, it'll, and it will include all of these things. That we're to put off in the old man. And put on the new. It says. And grieve not. The Holy Spirit of God. Whereby ye are sealed. Unto the day of redemption. Lying. Anger thieving, corrupt communication grieves the Holy Spirit of God. When we were lost, we lived according to the conscience. But the conscience can be seared. And the conscience can be calloused. Now that we're saved, we live according to the Holy Spirit of God. And we cannot live continuously As we once did. We see here. Something that we don't think about often maybe. Maybe we think of. Of God as having a baseball bat ready to pop us on the head for a wrong we do. How about the fact that we hurt God. With these things. He's saved us from the old man. And we put on the new man. And we put the old man back on. And it grieves the Holy Spirit. It hurts God. I'm sure I see a group of people here. And you have cared for someone in your life. I mean you have ministered care. And helped someone. And ministered to their lives. and, And you can't do that without loving someone. You've met the needs of someone else. And then maybe they did something wrong to hurt you. They did something wrong to you. And it no doubt hurt. It hurt because when you love, it'll hurt when you've cared like that. And you think about Jesus and what he has done for us. He supplied the sacrifice for our sins and took it all upon himself. And then he ministers to us. He's our Lord. He's our savior. And he cares for us and he provides for us. He loves us. He loves us deeply. And then if we go back to putting on the old man, it, it hurts him. It hurts him. It grieves the Holy Spirit of God. I doubt anyone here has ever one has ever been wondering lately if the Holy Spirit is a force or a law or a person, but the Holy Spirit is a person. Only a force can't be grieved. A law can't be grieved. But a person can be grieved. When Peter spoke of the Holy Spirit, he used the term he. The Holy Spirit is a person. And he indwells with us and walks with us and cares for us. And he is grieved. Oh, those words can just come out so easy. And we want to. We want to up somebody or we we just that urge in the flesh, that is just to get someone back and or or to use words in just the wrong way to to seem superior to someone. And oh, the damage it does and the breaking of the heart of God, the grieving of the Holy Spirit. And when we grieve the Holy Spirit, our walk is interrupted walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh we walk in the spirit of god the ministry of the third person of the trinity is walking with us empowering us to be more like jesus as we submit to him but that old man in these these words it causes problems. It interrupts the walk. And we rob ourselves of blessing. We add correction. We cause distance in our fellowship with God. And our words can cause distance with fellowship with the saints. And we weaken our experience in prayer. And Second John 8 says we can lose those rewards that we have gained. When our lives affect the Holy Spirit and bring him sadness, bring him sorrow. Our talk can interrupt our walk with him. The one, the one who has sealed us unto the day of redemption. We hurt him by our words. Man, I have to say it this way because I had to say it this way to myself. For myself. I don't like it. Thank God for his word to help us, to help us to get away from that and it and it and it hindering and stopping up the line of communication between us and the spirit. When we keep our own tongue to ourselves and use it as we will. And do not submit it to him. It hurts him. I sat with a man for about the last week of his life. As he was dying. I didn't know how many days it would be. But I got to be with him just about every day. And and right up to the moment that he died and he wasn't much on a prosperity gospel and never had been and he knew though he was faithful to God he knew he was going to answer for some things and he said well I, i'm i'm about to go before the lord any day now and i never gave him my tongue and i'm going to answer for it he told me things he would say to people and It was comical and it would bring a laugh. But then he would turn to me and he'd say, don't you do that. Don't talk to people like that. I'm going to answer for that real soon. I I really admired him in, in so many ways. But he would point out those things. That I ought not follow. And he'd say, Don't don't get revenge, don't be vindictive, don't be so quick with the tongue to get someone back. Don't gossip. That's that's good advice for every single one of us. And we see it from different aspects tonight. Maybe we're provoked to thought about how how amazing words can bless and how deep they can cut. Lord God, change my mouth. Change the way I speak. By way of your Holy Spirit, give, give me a new vocabulary and, and a new tone in it. With others. That's good for all of us. Let no. Corrupt communication. Proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good. To the use of edifying. That it may minister grace. Unto the hearers. And grieve not. The Holy Spirit of God. Whereby ye are sealed. Unto the day. Of redemption. Brother Rick Morris, would you close our Bible study in a word of prayer tonight, sir? Love you and God bless you. Don't forget to pray for for everyone we mentioned.